Blog Talk Radio. Shared 
on an ongoing basis, even if it's just every six or 12 months or so. Um, here's a quote from Minister Louis Farrakhan. He states that the more spiritually enlightened you become, the less politically dependent you become. So it's, that says a lot in terms of us as men, as men of African descent, becoming collectively more spiritually enlightened. Um, Sister Ayanla states that why would the average black man want to open up the can of spiritual worms? And indeed, that's the metaphor. Uh, opening up a can of spiritual worms, she goes on to state that do you, do you stand to win or do you stand to lose? And the answer to these questions hinges on your acceptance of the truth, which is that you are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience. And if you believe that, it stands to reason that your life, your existence, is governed by spiritual laws as well as physical laws. And if you are a solid, upstanding citizen doing all the things that are required of you and your life is still not moving or going in the direction that you would like, it may be that it is time for you to address your spiritual self. So even if your life is marvelous and wonderful and you may be searching for a deeper sense of peace, understanding, or purposefulness, in such cases you too may be encouraged to look beyond the physical and towards the spiritual. Black men, Ayana states that, she states that black men are literally dying in the streets, and I can attest to that, you know, living here in Stuyvesant Heights, um, formerly known as Bedford Stuyvesant, and unfortunately they even had a, a saying, uh, Bedford Stuy, do or die. Uh, I dare to say that indeed Bedford Stuy, we will do and be alive and rise above the lower self-orientation into our higher self on a spiritual plane, on a spiritual basis. But Yayana says that there are those of you who are not being shot or are poisoning yourselves with drugs and food and alcohol. And she says that she sees black men dying in a full, in a hell of, of fear, confusion, hopelessness, and powerlessness. She goes on to state that you must know that it is not meant to be this way. You were born to be masters. You were born to have it all. You were born fully equipped with the grace of God and everything you need to make it through this life in one piece and in peace. So what has happened to you? You, like the rest of the world, live in violation of the most sacred laws of nature, and that is to do unto others as you have others do unto you, and seek ye first the kingdom. You, like the rest of the world, have accepted the idea that human beings have the ultimate power over life and death. Even those of you who know that this is not quite true cannot figure out why humankind has so much influence over the tides of your life. And the answer is simple. Your spiritual memory has been shattered. You have forgotten that you are a spirit. You are no longer at one with your creator. And it is not easy to live in the physical world tempted by physical lust 
and keep your mind focused on a higher consciousness of which you see no physical evidence. It is not a simple task to be among people who couldn't care less about your spirit or God or what that means. So when you interact in the world espousing spiritual concepts, people look at you as if you're crazy. They are attuned to the ways of the world. They always have a rational explanation for things you try to explain from a spiritual perspective. And so the result is conflicting. You may find yourself in conflict on your job, in your home, and in your relationships. And it is not enough to know spiritual principles. You must know the law underlying the principles. It is not enough to breathe, pray, meditate, and rub crystals on your head. You must understand the metaphysical principles that dictate how and why such practices work. You must know the law, practice the law, trust in the law. It will work. It will create lasting and powerful changes in your mind and your life. And unfortunately, getting in the place of faithful, trusting patience is not an easy task. So what does a black man who is at one with God and living according to spiritual law and principles look like? How is his life any better than yours? I think he looks like my grandfather, she says, a spiritually conscious man who knows he is an African for a spiritual purpose. He knows it from the core of his being, and he lives his purpose. He does not ask for approval or acceptance. He does not have a need to defend himself or slander you. A spiritually conscious black man has an air or an energy of blessed self-assurance and confidence. You can see it when you see him. He is not pushy or aggressive. He is not loud or aggressive. You probably do not see him often out in public proclaiming his superiority. He is most probably humble, very quiet, slow-moving, and always willing and able to assist and support you. A spiritually conscious black man expressing the heritage of his ancestors and at one with his creator is not stressed out. He is not frenzied about or fragile by the ways of the world. He goes about his tasks, working, building, and teaching in a quiet but dignified manner. And when he speaks to you, his words penetrate your being, and you know he is speaking the truth. He knows things. You don't know how he knows them, but he does. And when he speaks to you about the things he knows, it opens your mind to an entirely new level of thinking. A spiritually conscious black man is still one of the boys. He tells good jokes and laughs at your funny stories. When he is in the group, However, the energy is different. The conversation is directed more meaningful. He is teaching and learning at the same time. He does not criticize you, but is always able to offer you another way of looking at things. He may get under, uh, hot under the collar and sometimes angry, but he is able to apologize and ask for forgiveness once he recognizes his mistakes. A spiritually conscious black man who is at one with his creator and knows that he is an African, stands on principle. He does not look for shortcuts or the easy way out. 
he is willing to do whatever is necessary, whatever necessary to achieve his desired goal. And the quality of his intent is always to achieve the best possible outcome for the good of all involved. He has personal goals, needs, and desires, but he is willing to put them aside, delay his own personal satisfaction to ensure that whatever group he is in moves ahead collectively. A spiritually conscious African man may not be wealthy. He is certainly not flashy or fancy. He has exactly what he needs. He never worries about how he will get it, and more often than not, he has enough to share with you if you need it. He does not believe in lack, restriction, or limitation. He recognizes the universe as an abundant, benevolent, user-friendly environment to which he always has immediate access through a peaceful mind and stillness of heart. Through self-imposed periods of stillness, he is empowered with a sense of oneness with his creator. Who is this spiritually conscious African man? Where is he? He is you. Just look in the mirror and you will connect with the spark of divinity in your soul. So much has been done to you to take you off track. And that is all in the past now. As of this day, at this very moment, you have all that is required to move beyond the past into the newness of now. And at this point, I'm going to take a short break and return with you momentarily. happy. However, if it does not, 
If you want to do more, be more, have more, you will have to exercise your faith. You will have to trust yourself. You will have to trust in the presence of God in you. You will need to develop a consciousness of oneness with God and live in that place 24-7. People are not going to like it when you begin to change, when you surrender yourself to spirit and become one with God. Even those who love and care about you will become frightened. They want you to stay the same because that is the way they know you. They have no idea what you are about to become, and they will be afraid of losing you, but do not worry about it. Those who are destined to be in your life will be there. They will love you, support, and assist you through your metamorphosis. You are going to lose some people and some things. As you grow, those things that are no longer useful for you, no longer necessary for your highest and greatest good, will fall aside. You will be tempted to hold on, and your ego will tell you that you are losing control. But tell your ego to shut up. You do not need any more advice from the energy that has kept you where you do not want to be. Your ego is either so willing to tell you that you will not work and that this will not work, and how often does it give you information that does work? There are some questions that will come to mind as you begin to further your spiritual journey. How do I know if I am doing it right might come to mind? And that's your ego again, tempting you to doubt yourself. There is no way and no one way or one formula, one standard approach to spiritual enlightenment. As a matter of fact, the worst experience of your life may be the very thing that turns you on to a deeper understanding. And if you have pure intent, make the effort to still your mind and ask for the universe for guidance. And in time, everything you need will come to you the right teacher, the necessary information and confidence in which you are doing and knowing that you're doing it right. And then you might ask, how do I blend my cultural beliefs and my spiritual discipline? Well, Ayana goes on to state that you should be careful not to invent things, and many of us are tempted to do that. There are a number of people who are self-proclaimed this and that, or the other in the name of being African. And she goes on to state that there's a wealth of information that is available on the customs and cultures and spiritual heritage of African people. So you can research the particular culture that appeals to you, or that you know, really resonates with you, and you can ask questions of those you know that who adhere to the principles of that culture. You can also pray and ask the ancestors to take you where you should be. You do not have to make things up or follow others who have made them up. The question might also come, that what can I expect once I begin to live in a more spiritually conscious life? Well, for one, you can expect change. Everything will begin to change. How you feel, the way things look, how things sound will all change. Things that were once very important to you will no longer be that way. People who you once thought were the cat's meow will not be able to get near your milk bowl. 
And as you expand your consciousness, your understanding will evolve and everything around you will change. As a black man, are my spiritual practices different from those of other people? Well, the answer to that is yes or no. Spirit is spirit. It will affect different people in different ways based on who they are and their level of development. As a black man, you are governed by the same spiritual laws and principles as the rest of the world. Because of your cellular ancestral memory, however, you will express your knowledge in a matter unlike other people. So keep in mind that no one is right, no one is wrong. Everyone is uniquely divine. So in completing this work, Ayana, she states that she's realized two things. And the first is that this work is absolutely necessary. It's necessary that it's a second that this word, uh, should I say work, is totally unnecessary, then that will be the case. But it is necessary because she has seen no concentrated effort outside of the church to present black man in America with the process required for spiritual evolution. Religion has failed you miserably in this area, and many things that churches have been doing in, in blackface represent the vast cultural bias that offends the ancestral energy moving through your veins. And somehow, many black women have been able to see through this and break through the veils to reach the true essence of spirituality. The same is not true for black men, however. You have been stuck in a religious and life process that promotes being in charge, being in control, being better then and getting more than somebody else. And this is not the African way. The African way is evolution of the individual for the salvation of the whole group. The African way is flexible. It is designed to meet the needs of the individual and the group while working in harmony with the laws of nature. So spirituality is not anything that you do. It is what you are. You are that by divine right, not because you have a degree or because you run a church. Spirituality is not broken down into denominations, groups, sects, and cults. No one can ordain you to be a spiritual being. And I believe that there are many men who have been called to do the work of God. I do not believe, however, that they are all in the church. If God calls you to serve him, why do you need a degree, credentials? Did the people who are authorizing you to serve hear from God said to you that uh, to them that you have the credentials when He called you? Because you know there are some black men who have become trapped in the credentialization of the Holy Spirit. You use the Bible as a weapon. So if you know that the Bible says welcome to the club, and if you do not, you're damned to hell. So this line of thinking does not take into account the many ancient holy works that guided humanity for centuries before the Bible was written. It does not take into account the specialization of spirit as evidenced in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4. 
Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. This line of thinking also frightens too many black men who want to know and understand the nature of their own souls. For those black men who do not embrace the texts for the traditions and the rituals of the orthodox religion, what do you know? Where do you go? It is for that reason that a book like this is necessary, Ayanna states. She states that something must be done to give these hundreds of thousands of black men who are not in the church a place to be in their spiritual lives. There is a spiritual life beyond books and choirs and committees. There is spiritual purpose underlying the experience of black men. No one book one way or one person has the answer. And she states that it is my hope that this work will inspire you to seek the truth of God for yourselves. I realize that I have expressed some ideas that will offend some people, and hopefully we will have the opportunity to discuss the different roads to God. And if not, I'm sure they will get one over. Others will determine that I have lost my mind, she states. The truth is, I am in the process of finding my mind for those who are vigilantly searching for the same light, you may find the spark you need to get on the path. For that, I am grateful. And the reason this work is totally unnecessary is that you do not need anything to get to that place of God within yourself. A book will not take you there. No lecture, seminar, or workshop would open that hour or that door. That place is in your heart. When you find it, you will transcend even all, every experiences that you've ever come to in your life, every tidbit of information, every thought you have ever had. When you find God right in the center of your being, it will literally blow your mind. It is much like the song, You Are My Friend, sung by Patti LaBelle. I've been looking around, and you are here all the time. All you need to get to God is a sincere desire and the expectation that you will get there. And for some, the theories presented in this work will seem too easy. If it ain't hard, it ain't black, some people say. We have become so addicted to struggling when the way is easy and we are suspicious and we do not want it. As simple as it sounds, the truth is, the moment you decide that you are a spiritual being and begin to conduct your affairs in a spiritual matter, you will have astounding spiritual experiences. To this I can testify, realizing that far too many black men have absolutely no idea what it means to be spiritual. I have followed the guidance of my spirit to present this work. I trust it will assist and support you in your journey inward, and when the door opens and the truth begins to pour from you into the world, I ask you to do one thing, and that is to thank God who alone is wise. Do not give me the praise, because all I did was show up. Once again, I must remind you that when you invite spirit into your life, there will be good days and bad days. Remember to stay centered. There will be challenges which will force you to stretch and reach beyond your comfort zone. Trust the presence of God in you to protect and guide you. There will be situations in which you will feel that you simply do not know what to do, Turn to the board of life directors. Call upon the ancestors. 
you may experience periods of isolation, of being alone, and this is a sacred aloneness. It is time and the time and opportunity for you to learn your sacred lessons, receive divine insight. Throughout your process, you will carefully monitor your thoughts and emotions. And when you find yourself thinking, feeling, and behaving in a way that you know is counterproductive, put yourself in check. Do a new thing. As you begin to transform and grow, you will be called upon to share your information. Don't be afraid. And Spirit will send to you those you are to teach and will send to you those. 90 seconds. Be conscious of setting obtainable goals for your spiritual quest. To be the best you can be is quite enough. And when you start getting into uh, chasing money, being famous, showing other people who you are, and what you can do, know that you are headed for trouble. Stay humble. Always be willing to grow. Practice surrender of everything you know and know and want. As your spiritual quest intensifies, your needs change as you do. Know that you are guided. Know that you are protected. Know that you are loved. God is depending on you. So is the world. Ashe. Ashe. So once again, my brothers and sisters, we um, come to the end of reviewing a very powerful book, The Spirit of a Man, written by Sister Ayana Vassant. And again, I thank you for tuning in this evening. And those of you uh, who may be listening in the archives, I would trust that you would share this program with others in your circle especially amongst our brothers. Ten seconds. So they can benefit from these words of wisdom and inspiration. Again, thank you. And until next week, I say peace, love, and blessings, and I give praise to the Most High. I give praise to our ancestors. I give praise to my siblings. I give praise and gratefulness to my mother-in-law and my lovely wife. All praises due to the Most High. Shalom, assalamu alaikum, namaste. Peace and love.